0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of AEW Weekly. I am, of course, your host, Miss Dynamite herself, Stephanie Chias, and happy CM Punk Miss. Today's the day, guys. Today is the day. And I got to be honest with you, it feels really, really weird doing a show today because it feels like there is an atmosphere about today. It feels like it's really, it's happening. Today is the day and it feels weird to be doing a show just hours before and I was just out and I was in the shops and I was walking around with with my friend and I'm in my friend's house, by the way, that's why my background is different. But I've been out and I was just thinking like, it feels it, like it feels like today, something is happening and something is happening because today is the day of rampage. It is the day of seeing Punkmas and we are here to talk about dynamite. But it feels like this is a, that once this show ends and once Rampage happens and it's hard, It's it actually feels kind of hard to talk about it and I feel a bit of emotion that things are going to be different come UK time, 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. Things are going to be really, really different. So it's interesting to do a stream right now with everything that's happening so first off I want to show you my t-shirt and I will do like a good photo later so make sure you're following me on Twitter at Stephanie M Chase and at Stephanie M Chase on Instagram but I have my a Chicago Bulls jersey on because I am ready I am ready 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 for tonight and it's interesting that it's happened this weekend and this is um Absolutely not the the intro that I have that I had planned. But um, I like to be I like to be real with you guys and be transparent with you guys. I'm looking at the chat here. Am um, I still at Benno's house? Yes, I'm. I am at my my best friend Benno's house right now. We're going to be watching Rampage together. And this weekend in general is. One of the busiest, if not the most important weekends in my professional life, because tomorrow, tomorrow is the a the Revolution Pro Wrestling anniversary show happening at Manchester Warehouse. And a lot of my friends are going to be at that show. And it's a really big show. We have Will Ospreay is on the card. It is his first match since he, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship was taken off him. We have RKJ versus Shota Umino. We have Aussie Open returning. And it's a really, really big show. And it's a show that I've been thinking about for a long time, about you know being on that show and getting up there in front of that crowd. And it feels like... One of my the, the biggest moments I've ever had. So I'm anticipating that. And then at the same time, tonight, well, tomorrow morning, but tonight is when CM Punk is returning to wrestling. And he's not just returning to wrestling. He's coming into aw And I'll tell you now, there'll be no discourse on this chat about what if CM Punk doesn't turn up? What if, what if, what if? I'll tell you now and we'll just get out of the way. If CM Punk doesn't turn up tonight, this will be the last ever AW Weekly stream because there is no way they can't deliver CM Punk tonight. So that's it on that discourse. That's it because he's turning up tonight and he's coming back to wrestling and he is coming back to wrestling through AW. So on this show tonight, on this edition of AEW Weekly, we will be going through what happened in Dynamite, but we will be keeping a special, we may go through the card quicker than usual because we'll be going to be keeping a special eye on Punk and how P- CM Punk will fit into the show. And this show is probably gonna have the shelf life of a couple of hours because everything changes once, this, once Rampage airs, everything changes. But that's okay. And I think that, and I don't mean this for this show, because I don't think that, like, I am I am not vain or egotistical enough to think that, like, this time next week we'll have double the n- number of viewers or double the number of people in the fam. But I'm telling you guys. That this time next week, this AW train that we've all been riding on, the seats are going to be fucking full up because everybody is going to be jumping on this bandwagon. Every single person that was trying to hedge their bets and trying to say they would stick with WWE because they've been around forever. And yeah, they've been around forever. Every single person that didn't have the balls to jump with AEW didn't have the balls to plant their flag down on AEW tomorrow when CM Punk is here, then when we get Daniel Bryan, whenever we get him, they are gonna they're gonna pretend they were always on it. We're going to pretend they were always part of this. They always thought AEW was good, but they fucking didn't because we've been here. So as the last broadcast that I will do before CM Punk is a part of AW, I firstly want to say thank you to all of you people who have been here every single week with me talking about AEW. Thank you for being the original fam because I appreciate it so much. And thank you for knowing where the future was headed and for coming with me on this journey, because I appreciate it so much. Because I'm telling you, once CM Punk is here and once CM Punk makes his return to wrestling, everybody will be pretending they were on this fucking bandwagon, but you guys were here first, so thank you so much. And <laughs> let me see. Chanel says Steph's gonna have to do a bunch of editing to keep her clean waiting for the podcast. I know. I've all I've always been PG. I've always been PG, and I've never said the F word. I've shouted at Matthew makowski for for being a little bit blue with the language, but. It's just one of those days, man, where I'm just like, I feel so emotional. I feel so like everything's happening that this is the adult stream. This is adult stream. Steph doing her own version of Mox promo says Redmond Survivor. Maybe, maybe. Hail Hydra is Steph doing a pipe bomb. I missed the first five minutes. Dude, maybe I fucking am. Maybe I am doing a pipe bomb right now. Matthew McCarthy says from the beginning to the end, Steph on a heart. Thank you, Matthew. But yes, thank you everyone everyone that watches with me because the future is right now so uh quick plugs of course follow me on twitter at stephanie mchs follow me on instagram at stephanie mcs i'll be having a, a special i'm watching Rampage photo shoot tonight that I want you all to see. You'll get a better shot of this Chicago Bulls jersey jersey that I'm wearing. If you are watching live and you're not sick of me by the time 8 p.m. rolls around, you can watch me on Wrestling Daily because everybody is on Wrestling Daily tonight. It's myself, it's Alex McCarthy, it's the wonderful True Heel Heat, and Sat. We're all doing it together because it's the biggest fucking day in wrestling history. So join us for that at 8pm. It is, if you're not American and you don't know know the time difference, right now it is 50 minutes away from Wrestling Daily. And I want to thank one of my biggest supporters, Matthew McCoskey, who I have so much love for, for dropping a super chat, saying happy CM Punk Day, Steph. I can't effing with, I can't effing with either Matthew McCofsky and if you want to support the show you can be like Matthew McCofsky and you can drop a super chat and I will 100% read it out the show no matter how explicit it is because today is the day that we're not fucking PG because we're that excited that we can't even keep a handle on what we're going to say because today is CM Punk day so thank you Matthew McCofsky for kicking us off with a super chat um Hello to Medicine Man's World of Vintage. Hello, who says, I cannot wait until tonight. Rampage should be tremendous. It should be absolutely tremendous. So let's get into Dynamite, though. Um, I feel like this week's Dynamite, starting off with one of the best hours of wrestling TV that I have seen in a long, long time, this first hour of Dynamite, was on. That we oh. Where is this chat? What if CM Punk does not debut today? Oh, honey, you weren't watching from the beginning because that is not a tick that we are talking about tonight. Because CM Punk is fucking debuting, and that's it. <laughs> that is it. Heel hydra. I'm still in. I'll see it when I believe it. But I'm getting excited. Get excited, man. Santa's coming down the chimney. He, CM Punk, is coming to AEW tonight. But let's get into Dynamite first. We opened up with... We opened up with... A Texas tornado match. Well, firstly, we opened up with John Moxie and Eddie Kingston coming to the ring, but they were attacked by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Apparently, they had something to say, but we would have to wait away a while to find out because we had a Texas tornado match Sting making his return to tnt teaming with his son darby allen and defeating 2.0 the team of matt lee and jeff parker with daniel garcia i have to say i thought this was an amazing match we had darby being suplexed on his own skateboard on the ramp we had Sting fighting off both with 2.0 in the ring um, as they went for 10 punches in the corner, but Parker cut him off. They did a double powerbomb through the table, but Sting no-sold it because he's freaking Sting! And he stood right back up. Darby duck- dropkicked them both into a scorpion death drop position, and Sting hit it before locking them both on a simultaneous scorpion death lock for the double submission. Um, I thought this match was absolutely excellent. I see here, great man Matthew McCoskey, uh mentioned in the chat, I don't get how people hear it, that powerbomb table spot. I fucking loved it. Sting is a monster. Uh, as I was saying on Wrestling Daily yesterday, I completely agree with this take by Matthew Makovsky. I know some people were like, um, why is Sting no selling a table spot? He's just making 2.0 like weak. It's fucking Sting. Sting knows on the table spot because Sting is Sting and that is part of his character. He is like, as I described on Wrestling Daily, um, a very, very, very good version of PCO. You cannot kill Sting and that is part of his charm, it's part of his charisma. I think it worked. At the end of the day, 2.0, they're doing a fantastic, fantastic job with fantastic job with they were giving these guys more than they ever got in wwe and how many weeks have we been seeing 2.04 not many guys and look what AEW has done with them so i don't think it hurts them at all that no sold this powerbomb spot i thought it was excellent the match was super, super good. It was a hot opening. It was fast paced. Sting as a legend gave you everything you possibly wanted. Sting has been trained by his son Dar- Darby Allen to be good at taking the most hardcore wrestling he possibly can. And he did it. I really enjoyed this match so much. Um, yeah, as Miss Cuff says, Sting no all the jerk guitarists shot so why would he sell the power to through the table um I thought the double Scorpion Death lock was awesome, and I loved this match. Um, Redmond Survivor says, it's impressive how quickly and seamlessly 2.0 and Garcia have fit into the world of AEW. Yeah, it really, really is. There are two guys that have to, a tremendous amount of talent. They just weren't in the right place at the right time in WWE. Now we've seen them in AEW, and we can see what they can do, and it's awesome. Um, Heal Hydra, who I think... Heal Hydra, it was you that was against the table spot on Wrestling Daily yesterday, and you know I still love you. Um, but we we can't always agree in this world. Um, Heel Hydra says this is putting Sting over, not anyone else. In my opinion, I enjoyed the match, but Sting, uh, uh, I have to disagree with that one again, my friend. I do just because. Uh, is not a word I would ever use to describe how I feel about Sting. I absolutely adore Sting. I have adored Sting since I was a child. So I love it, but I appreciate how you feel about it because let's be frank, there's going to be people watching WWE that don't think that Goldberg is coming into just fucking very young talent and Goldberg is. How do I say this nicely? Diabolically awful in WWE. And I can get that if you flick over the channel, you might say something like, hey, how come Sting's allowed to be Sting? And we have to hear that Goldberg shit. Um, there is a tremendous gulf in talent between Sting and Goldberg for a start and also the presentation. So, I mean, this is something I could do a whole podcast on in itself like the difference between like a sting and goldberg when it comes to presentation and and how they are but i totally appreciate your point um mikhail hydra and i see that some people may be flicking over to aw and wondering why an old an older guy a veteran such as sting is getting this from two young guys i don't think it hurts you point no at all so that's why I'm, I'm positive on it we have a super chat from how will i say that okay Bored dude, 6.30, without Sting there would be no PCO, Sting is the man, I completely agree, without Sting there would be no PCO, you cannot kill Sting. Um, Tanol says, following up to my earlier comment about 2.0 being signed, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Garcia gets his all-league AW tweet after his match with Moxley, 100%. Daniel Garcia has to be a guy that they've um, signed or else they're really just doing this for nothing. Some guy says, I need a Sting versus Orange Cassidy v match." <laughs> uh, me too. I <laughs> uh, still love you too, Heel Hydra. Uh, Tanol might not be a Danhausen either. Mm-hmm. Um... So asks me how I think CM Punk will debut. I think that's something we're going to talk about right at the end of the show. I will make sure to make um, time for this. TGM, hello, I haven't seen your name before. He says, I was a bit stunned by the no-sold table spot, but that was a really good conclusion to the match. However, I hope they don't do that too often. Me too. As long as they don't do that too often, um, that is absolutely fine. So that was the opening match. As I said, I thought this was one of the hottest hours in Dynamite ever. Um, And it got off to an amazing start. So next up, we learned, and some of you saw this on Twitter before the uh, Dynamite started, but Sammy Guevara, during the dark elevation taping, he proposed to his girlfriend, Pam, and she said yes. So we had it teased that Sammy Guevara would be making a big announcement. The announcement was that he was going to proposed to his girlfriend Pam I thought this was lovely my question is uh, when the graphic came up you know Sammy Guevara has an announcement last week was Pam at home saying Sammy Sammy my dear boyfriend of eight slash nine years what is your announcement and was he k-fabbing her because the announcement actually that he was going to ask her to marry him if so this is a beautiful love story um I thought it was wonderful. I don't want to, like, labor the whole how WWE treat people versus how AEW treat people. I think this is, like, an absolutely, like, over-labored point that we don't need to go into every week because, to be honest, every freaking week, AEW is going to show us something that they are doing better than WWE. But we're in Houston. That's where Sammy was based. He got to propose to his girlfriend and... It got to be showing on TV. He himself got to be showing in a really great light where we could see his girlfriend. He gave his girlfriend a kiss, all of it. It was just a beautiful, magical moment that he was allowed to have. Sammy Guevara, this young wrestler, this like guy who's under 25 years of age, he was allowed to have that good a moment on TNT. So congratulations to Sammy and congratulations to Pam. But as we get into the match, it was Sammy Guevara defeating Sean Spears. Um, this match has so many spots in it that I can't even give it the rundown that it deserves. But it was so amazing. Um, We had like Sean Spears, he set up one of the barricades between the ring and the security railing, Um, they both sprung up the top rope, Spears flipped him off it, Guevara had a top rope cutter, good near fall, Um, Spears countered a top rope hurricane one into an avalanche C4 for another near fall, Um, Guevara escaped another C4 attempt to the apron, sent Spears through the propped up, barricade the Death Valley driver to the floor, He Spears then climbed the ropes and he hit the 6.30 on, but Spears kicked out. And then in the center of the ring, Sammy Guevara pulled down his knee pad and repeatedly hit knees to the face of Sean Spears. He then hit the GTH on Spears for the win. And after the match, Sammy and, and Pam had a kiss, which was super cute. Um, I thought this match was pay-per-view quality pay-per-view worthy i think sean spears is a guy who rightly or wrongly he's had some shit thrown at him by AEW fans and by wrestling fans in general people saying, why did they hire sean spears why like like he's a weak link and i think that for this match he was given the time. He went out and he showed really, really what he could do. Sammy was a huge part of this. Um, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was the best Sean Spears match since he's been in AW. And I thought it was one of Sammy's best. Well, um, absolutely awesome, awesome match. Let's see what you guys had to say about it. We did see, as Matthew says, Sammy kissing Sa- uh, Pam while he was bloody fierce. That shows you that Pam is an absolute. Keeper Tom says, "Why not make the proposal right after the match? I find it a bit weird to have it in a recap." Um, I think making the proposal after the match would have been like a bit much, if you know what I mean, because he's already gone through this like really hard match, and then you would have to make him like properly, fully recover to make this announcement. Um, I think it was kind of cool that because we knew that from last week that Sammy was going to make a big announcement that this is what it was. Um, uh, I think it was. I don't know the reason why they had him do it in dark or elevation rather than do it live. I think it was more so, so they could just play it in the recap. So you didn't have to go through the whole, like, let's look at this in a very cold way where we take love and romance out of it and know that a proposal looks like a pretty long process where you have to say, Pam, will you come into the ring? Pam has to get in the ring. Then you have the whole like setup of doing the proposal and the afterwards. I actually think it would have been something that would have been pretty hard to do live and keeping the constraints of a TV show. So I get that's why he did it during Dark and Elevation. So I don't have a problem at all with how they did it Um, before the actual taping of Dynamite. I thought it was cool. They showed it. So for everyone watching, we all got a reason to really get behind Sammy because this guy just got engaged and it was proper sweet. Um, Rikas says, hometown boy, boy wins. What a novel concept. Of course, Um, to know regular viewers of Sammy's vlog, it's so obvious how much he adores and loves Pam. He always puts over how important she has been to him, both in his prof- personal and professional life. That is absolutely true. Um, Hale Hadra says, great match regardless. Uh, Matthew Mikovsky says, they easily could have put this on, all out. i i agree mccall's best spears match in aw uh chanel says um i only i wasn't a fan of the match was suddenly kicking out of the avalanche c4 and spears kicking out of the 6:30. do both spots okay um i have not had either attempt pin or do you have a second part to that match have them roll out of the ring grab the ropes to get the pin uh, to no ads. I'm surprised he was able to keep his post announcement a secret from PAL at least the last week when they announced a big announcement on last week's down Yeah, um, Yeah, absolutely. There, there were some big, big, big <clears throat> kickouts in this match, but I think it worked for who these two guys are. And I think they had a real like star making moment, I, It's especially for Sammy, because Sammy got that big win in Stadium Stampede 2. And I think it's been hard for them to follow up on it, because the real focus has been Jericho versus MJF and the labors that he's going through. But I think he really got to show himself and how great a wrestler he really is and how just a good fucking babyface he is. I mean, you know, yes, he's cocky, can be a little bit smarmy, but Sammy Guevara works as a babyface, and we all saw that on Dynamite. So what, what what was next? We had Christian Cage with Tony Schiavone. He was immediately interrupted by Don Callis, who, gave, who said he gave Christian his first break 25 years ago. He then congratulated Christian on his win and opportunity, saying Omega would win anyway. Christian said he's in Omega's head now. And Omega is terrified he's going to take the AW World Championship before calling Don Callis a carny piece of shit. So it seems that we are still on Christian versus Kenny Omega. And it looks like it's too late now to change that. Like, that is going to be the all out match. Uh, I'm still not 100% behind it. I really thought that Kenny Omega was going to lose to Andrade at Triple Mania over the weekend. It did not happen. I think it would have made sense too. So he, like the AEW championship, is all he has left. So he can go kind of crazy. Because he's not a belt collector anymore, but that's not the way they went. Um, Christian holding the TNA Impact Championship, I think is a good call. We haven't had a chance to discuss that, what happened at Rampage, but Christian winning that belt, I thought was awesome. Uh, it was good. A for the debut ep- episode of Rampage to give that anything that can anything can happen vibe. Um, B, I think he was a good guy to take the Impact Championship because he has that history. Um, and it was a really good match as well. And I think that if it is Christian, who is our challenger, and I would say that we can't really set anything on stone until after tonight because of, you know, once once Philip appears, the world changes. But if Christian is going to be our guy, it does add an extra intrigue to know that Christian has a win against him. So Christian versus Omega. It is not the match I wanted. It is not the match I would have booked, but I am perfectly fine with it. And as some of you are saying in the chat, yeah, I do know that originally it was meant to be Kenny Omega losing the belt to Andrade, but Tony Khan said, "Hey, I want Christian. I don't want Kenny Omega to lose. He just lost to Christian." Triple A were like, "That's cool, man. We're in a relationship." Kenny Omega can win. Kenny Omega gets to Mexico and he sees that freaking Ric Flair is accompanying Andrade to the ring and it's like, guys, I think it's time for me to lose. But that is not what happened. So yeah, it was uh, originally planned by AAA for Andrade to win the belt from Omega, but it didn't happen. Um, I think that Andrani would have been a good AAA champion. At the same time, I think it would have been pretty hard for them to weave that into the AEW story so I can see why they hadn't do it. But Matthew McCoste says, anyone else feel like there's a swerve coming? I don't know if it's my wishful thinking, but I am still not 100% convinced that Christian Cage is the pay-per-view opponent. I am willing, ready, and able to be proved wrong with that one. But it just... It just doesn't feel like it to me, especially now he's TNA champion. But you know what? If the guy is the opponent for the pay-per-view, he has at least proven that he can beat Kenny Omega. Okay, up next. A great little video package about Dante Martin. He had a great performance last week. I know when we were here last week, we talked about, like, Hey, Dante Martin had a great showing, but is anyone going to remember it? Is it going to be followed up on? Uh, Thankfully, the answer was yes. We had a video package recapping it all. We're not going to forget how good Dante Martin's uh, performance was. He is a very young competitor here in AEW. He's a tag team competitor, and it was really cool to see him get that. So uh, very, very, very happy that Dante Martin's uh, achievements last week were recognized on the main show. And next we had a somewhat controversial, will I say, segment with Dan Lambert. He had two UFC fighters with him, and God forgive me for fucking up their names. He had Junior Dos Santos and... Andre Aronofsky with him in the ring. Um, Dan Lambert basically did a Jim Cornette promo talking about millennials, calling them soft, saying that they got triggered. He said that him and his UFC boys are ready for a fight. AW is not the answer to your professional wrestling prayers. He said that AW has a roster full of wannabe tough guys who can't wrestle. These fans are only here because it's the only good part of their lives. And he was, of course... Interrupted by Lance Archer, the guy who attacked him the first time he appeared on Dynamite, but Lance Archer was attacked from behind by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, the Man of the Year. Um, this was interesting. I think uh, Dan Lambert. Firstly, he's a great promo. He's a guy that just shows up other wrestlers for how good a promo he is. Um, I think he was really fantastic, but. At the same time, I'm not. I'm just not sure about the content of his promo. Doing this all like millennials, you're soft, like Jim Cornette shit. I don't think that really worked in the in the space of AEW. I don't know why he'd be coming here to do that. I think this whole stuff about millennials being soft, being triggered, being snowflakes, whatever. It's not. It's just not something that exists in the AEW universe. It's more a discourse for Twitter. That isn't just isn't part of the show, it's more for assholes like Jim Cornette to like get on people about just to rile people up and get himself a bit of publicity because he's nothing anymore. Um, and I think Dan Lambert, like, it, it is kind of funny to see AEW book a guy to do that character on TV. I think it's pretty hilarious, but at the same time, I'm just not sure that the content of his put worked. Um, of course. We had Lance Archer come out, then he got attacked by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I thought it was funny that we had Dan Lambert with these two UFC guys in the ring, but they couldn't actually do anything, which is you know, because they're UFC guys that were in AEW, and I'm sure that Dana White doesn't want his guys be, um getting beaten up in any way, so that's why, but at the same time, if you're just not thinking about any of that stuff, it's kind of weird, and I think it was super weird that Lance Archer, given what was said by Dan Lambert, he didn't have anyone to back him up, but I think that It's interesting to think like, this is not the end of this, of course. So it's gonna be really super fun to look at who might back Dan Lambert up. I think the number one guy that could is Minoru Suzuki. I know I've seen his name mentioned in the chat by a lot of you and I think what really helped is the fact that GCW announced Minoru Suzuki's US dates last night and he has a very a very lovely gap there for the Arthur Ashe Stadium show. I think we're going to see Minoru Suzuki at Arthur Ashe. I think he's going to team with Lance Archer and I think he's going to take on the Man of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I think that's going be awesome because I want to see Minoru Suzuki, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, in AEW. Um, Matthew Mikoskey says so Suzuki is coming to America, I would gladly take Lance and Suzuki versus men of the year, me too. Um to know weird to see two guys attack Archer. Only saying that because there's no na- natural guy to help Archer. In my opinion, I think there's no natural guy in the company. No, I think that's absolutely true because of the way we've seen Archer presented, where he just, as I say all the time, wanders around and inserts himself in different views. But if you're bringing in a more Minoru Suzuki, very very cool to see him team with Archer. I think that would be right, um, and he is Minoru Suzuki is definitely a guy that could say, "Hey." You think wrestlers aren't tough guys? Meet menorah fucking Suzuki. Um, Hydra, Lance, and Suzuki together beating up AW guys would be awesome. Um Madman Survivor, can we get Suzuki versus Brian when he's here too? I think that's something that AEW would absolutely push for. Uh next we had a promo from Chris Jericho. I do believe he has Chris Jericho's backstage. He's overcome all this adversity um, because tonight he wins the prize. He may not be able to use the juice effect, but he's got 5,000 fans in attendance that will sing him to the ring. Tonight, Jericho finally gets to revenge Jericho up. And my Jericho friend, Dan, we will come back to Chris Jericho uh, later in the show. Next, we had a tag match. Don Callis joined commentary. It was the Young Bucks defeating the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus who had Marco stamped at ringside. This was a fantastic match. There were so many great spots and I think it was a real coming out party for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. We've seen Jungle Boy been given some really big moments in this company. He's not there in the promo yet, but when you give him the big match, he absolutely knows how to rise to the occasion. And I think this was the best uh, tag team match that we have seen from Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So just as we get to the end of the match, we had Jungle Boy hitting a brain buster on a chair, but Nick broke up the pin. Jurassic Express hit the Thoracic Express, which is their finisher, but Nick got up at the last second again. There were so many close calls on this, especially um, in this ending part where I actually thought, that the Jurassic Express were gonna win and no one. Then I felt silly about thinking that Jurassic Express could win, but it was that close. Uh Jungle Boy fought all all the cornermen before Luchasaurus hit a moonsault on the pile. Nick pushed Mac Matt out of a backside, and the box immediately turned into BT trigger for the win. After the match, the elite beat down Jurassic Express and Christian Carlos got a stomp in for good measure before Omega hit the one-wing at the angel on. Christian, really, really excellent match. I don't really know what else I can say about it. It was so good. Jurassic Express are a wonderful, wonderful tag team. Jungle Boy's in a great position to be improved by this. There is no tag team who is more in sync and better at doing tandem offense than the Young Bucks, but Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy completely rose to the occasion here. Um, They were in on absolute fire during this match, and I would like to see them get more big opportunities as a tag team. Next, we had Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel were with Shivani. They brought back Jimmy Hader, who made her uh, reappearance in AEW on Rampage. This is something I was really, really excited about. As a side note, you know I work in Red Pro. I've worked with Jimmy Hitter. I think she is amazing. She is a wonderful, wonderful wrestler and a wonderful person. She deserves this so, so much. And I was so happy to see her come back to AEW and debut. It brought an, a tear to my eye. Um... Hater said that she and Britt Baker go way back. Ask Red Velvet and Chris Satlander what it's like at the end of my boot. She dared Velvet, Red Velvet to face her next week, and Britt Baker said gold isn't Velvet Velvet's color, and they'll have fun in Milwaukee next week. But yeah, um, absolutely uh, love Jamie Hater, and I'm not even sure I can like fully talk about Jamie Hater without uh, getting out of the realm of the wrestling character, but. so Amazing to see her back in the beauty what she deserves and what she has been working towards. Um. I do feel this part in the show is kind of where, it, I'm not going to say it like dropped off a cliff, but it really went down in the pace from the great like matches that we'd seen. We had so many segments. We had a video package recapping Matt Hardy and Orange Casting's feud. Hardy said he was trying to pick on Will Utah. He's an equal opportunity ass-kisser. If Orange continues to stick his nose in Hardy's business, he'll break off his face. Orange said, let's find out. Um, anyone that's in a feud with to just kind of stuck, stuck in a rut here. And I, I've said this before, I don't think this is the best spot for their best friends or Wheeler Yuta who we're trying to get over. Next was uh, Paul White brought to the ring by Tony Schiavone. Schiavone thanked White for coming to his aid last week and White said it was amazing to be back in the ring. He had a huge announcement, but he was interrupted by QT Marshall who had uh, Nick Comorado and Aaron Solo with him. Basically, Cutie said that Paul White was hired as an announcer and not a wrestler for a reason. And then he put these x-rays on the screen of photos of White's uh, scars in his hip from where he said had surgery. White said that he wasn't embarrassed and that QT doesn't know anything. He talked with Tony Khan last week and we have signed for all our big show, Paul White versus QT Marshall. Um, really... This is such a strange feud and the fact that it's so strange makes me think like this is absolutely going somewhere. I don't know where it's going. Um, I just saw Matthew McCoskey here said that, that QT is probably bringing Shaq back. Maybe, because it feels like it has to go somewhere else than this. Uh, it will be interesting to see Big Show in the ring. I think as much as people seem to be against QT, he's the perfect guy to, to do this with. Um, we had the announcement that there will be a tag team eliminator tournament with the winners facing off with the Young Bucks at All Out in a Steel Cage. Um, that's interesting. I think that we've talked about this before. The tag team title uh, stories kind of fall uh, behind the wayside a lot because the Young Bucks are part of the elite. I don't know who I want to see win this eliminator tournament. Um Santana and Ortiz and FTR aren't in it because I assume that they're getting their own big match, so that's kind of odd. Right now, I feel like the Lucha Bros may win it, but I don't think they've been built up enough to go in a steel cage for the Young Bucks, so this is an interesting kind of turn of events, but I do think it's cool we're getting a steel cage match. It is not a gimmick that AW has overused. It's a very well-protected gimmick. Um, Matthew McCoskey says that his prediction in the final is the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express, and could go either way. I agree with you. That one absolutely could go either way. I just think Luch Brothers are in a really uh, hard position. Um, we then had Taz and Hook introduce Ricky Starks. He was going to get Brian Cage but camera backstage. to powerhouse hobbs standing over cage cage and hobbs continue to fight as team Taz headed backstage this is a feud that just keeps on continuing brian cage versus team taz then we had death triangle backstage with tony Schiavone. the luch brothers will of course be in the aw tag team eliminator tournament but we had the announcement that Pac will face andrade at all out Um, That will be in the same arena where Pac beat Kenny Omega on two weeks' notice. So, of course, uh, Pac made note of that. Andrade and Chavo then walked up, and Andrade said Pac needed to agree to their conditions, which was a giant ream of paper. He got, like, it was huge. Chavo said that even if the Lucha Brothers win the tournament, they will never be champions as long as they work for Pac. I think that Pac versus Andrade will be an awesome match. And I think it's exactly the kind of match Andrade needs. I watched him at Triple Mania. I thought he was good, but he was not at the level that we're expecting. I think even a match with Kenny Omega didn't get him there. And I think Pac is going to be the guy that will bring it out of him. Or as Matthew McCoskey says, "Andrade versus Pac is going to be hum. Did I say that right, Matthew? Hum. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be really, really good. Um, I think Pac is a super good opponent for Andrade. We then get Aaron and Brock Anderson backstage with Tony Schiavone." Aaron um, was emotional when Malachi Black appeared he turned the world upside down now Brock has a match with Black next week and Aaron warned Brock that he'd hurt him and Brock said with all due respect I'm not asking so Brock Anderson the son of Aaron Anderson he's gonna step up to the plate and fight Malachi Black I don't think this is gonna be a long match Matthew McCoskey says here R.I.P. Brock Anderson McCaff said Brock is gonna die. And oh from the Twitch. Um hybrid Rob says looking forward to seeing Malachi Black destroy Brock next. Uh Redman Survivor, Brock dead. It looks like nobody is expecting Brock Anderson to do good in this match. I think I you know I said last week when we talked about the Tony Schiavone big show thing, I hate when Wrestler Sons get involved, and I don't even like it in this context, but I do think Brock Anderson. <laughs> It's probably going to be stretched out uh, in this. Get it. Taking on Malachi Black. He ain't ready. Now we got to our main event. Oh, no, sorry. Before main event, we had a promo from John Moxley. God, how could I nearly skip this? Because this was very, very, very interesting. He was backstage and he had been thinking about everyone coming to AW. He ran down all the top stars like The Elite, Hangman Page, Christian Cage. But Moxley is the guy who carried the company through uncertain times because, of course, Moxley was our pandemic champion. He said, it's about time to send a message about the Food Chain AW. He will be main eventing Rampage tonight against Daniel Garcia but Garcia should ask, is this what he really wants? Because this ain't no joke. As Redmond Survivor says, this was an awesome promo. McCasley um, said this promo was epic. Marks um, threw shade at everyone. I love this promo and I tweeted at the time, was he promoing at Daniel Garcia or was he promoing at CM Punk? I feel like he was promoing at CM Punk. I thought this was a very good final tease for CM Punk coming in. Here we have a guy who did carry AW on his back during the pandemic as the champion. And he now we're in we're gonna be in such an interesting position with AW going forward because punk is coming in with such a name. And I loved John Moxley calling him out. I do think John Moxley would be a great first opponent with Punk. If I was choosing, I would have picked someone that Punk has never wrestled before. Of course, he was in all that Shield stuff with John Moxley. But if you don't acknowledge it, it's a nice bit of history, like like for those of us that know, we know that John Moxley and Punk had something together. Uh, and I think it's really cool. And it was just a really good promo. I'm not sure who Punk's first opponent was going to be. I think there's quite a few people who have hinted at Punk. And we really don't know. But Moxie being in the main event with Daniel Garcia is very interesting indeed. And kudos to Daniel Garcia for proving himself so well. So well in the last couple of weeks to even get this spot. Um... Yeah, Redmond Survivor mocks reserve from the start, and the others now jumping on when the product is hot and proven. I do have to say, though, before we get to his match, because that's the next thing we're going to talk about. When CM Punk comes in, as I've been saying, things are going to change. I believe. I believe that anyone that wasn't on the aw bandwagon is going to be jumping over because CM Punk is part of AEW. Then the belief will be that Daniel Bryan will come in. And I everything's changing. Everything's going to change. Today is our last day where that we're, this is our last day BC before CM Punk. This is the last day that we live in a world where CM Punk's Wikipedia says that he is a retired former professional wrestler. And John Moxley did a great job with AW. He did a great job of holding the championship during a pandemic. Uh, he brought a lot of attention to the product, yada, yada, yada. But I imploring you, all of you, all of you i implore you as my aw weekly family that have been with me for nearly a year now been with me for nearly a year now who love aw like i love aw who come here and we talk about aw every week we know the product so well we love the product so well when cm punk comes into this company and everyone is saying thank god for cm punk praise be to cm punk for um elevating aw even further. Please, none of us, please, none of us forget that the person that actually brought us here, that actually laid the table that CM Punk is feasting on is Chris Jericho. It was Chris Jericho that was brave enough to take the fucking leap over to AW and make this company what it is now. So never, ever, ever forget that um, Chris Jericho was the guy that had the balls right at the beginning to say that he is all elite he was the guy that did it no matter what happens no matter who comes in no matter what goes on no matter how how CM Punk improves ratings revenue everything Jericho was here first not even Moxley I love Moxley Moxley wasn't here right at the fucking beginning it was Chris Jericho who even made an appearance in the all-in pay-per-view, it was Chris Jericho that had the balls to put his reputation with this company. The elite created this company along with Tony Khan. Tony Khan had the money, the elite um built up like the recognition for there to be an opportunity for there to be a second company but Chris Jericho had his fucking name and his reputation and his legacy and he gave up what the WWE could give him to join this company and don't ever forget that in 10 years time I don't want the discourse to be oh my god CM Punk made AEW because at the end of the day uh, it was Jericho that fucking did it so let's never forget that and let's now Talk about his match. Um, I just saw someone on the on the um, chat say that my door opened by itself. If that's true, then that would be uh, the cat that is here, Teddy. Uh, She likes to. You can't have a door closed when Teddy's here. So if it looks like doors are just opening by themselves behind me, it's Teddy. Uh, Anyway, we had MJF versus Chris Jericho. Of course, Chris Jericho has been through all the labors. This was his. Final labor. He could not use the Judas effect. And not only that, he could not use his Judas entrance music. We had MJF entering first, then Chris Jericho came out, and the whole crowd sang Judas like they should. It was a wonderful moment. Um per Dasha, who was doing the announcing in instead of Justin Roberts, she started to announce him and he was like I kill that because you don't want to spoil the moment. Um, Good for a das- dasher for catching on immediately to what he was saying. So... We had the crowd singing it. It was so great that they did this. It was wonderful. It looked like he appreciated it at the moment so much. So I I thought that was lovely. Um, As far as the match goes, it was a lot of MJF working over the arm, which I thought was really cool. Because if you remember, MJF threw Jericho off the cage. And it was his arm that got injured uh, in that fall from the cage. Of course, MJF's finisher is the salt of the earth. So really really good psychology being worked here um Jericho did a lion salt for a near fall. That was really cool. Um, He did a clothesline before bringing MJF to the top rope. He landed 10 punches and really good top rope hurricane water for two. Once MJF kicked out, he locked himself to the Arthur armbar. Jericho, after a long fight, rolled through and applied the walls. MJF counted it quickly and hit an up kick to break the hold. They traded punches in the center of the ring before MJF was able to snap Jericho's arm over the rope. Uh, The heat seeker for two. Then we had when Audrey was distracted, we had MJF hitting a low blow where she couldn't see it and locked on a line timer. Jericho crawled to the ropes. He tried to grab the dynamite diamond ring, MJF, but Audrey saw it. And then Jeff Jericho hit MJF with Floyd the bat, uh, but he hesitated because he knew that he could not hit a Judas effect, and then he made an attempt to cradle and break it, but MJF kept in. He locked on the salt of the earth, and he forced Jericho to tap. (sighs) I couldn't believe that Jericho tapped. Um, I really, really, I was actually in shock. It made total, 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 total sense for the storyline, but I still couldn't believe that he did it. Um, I also thought it was funny, like a lot of people um, seem to think like this is like the definitive end of the feud. I don't think it's the end at all. I think we're going to get a pay per view match between these two, and maybe it's going to be Jericho putting his career on line. But I cannot imagine that he's gone through this much the the labors of Jericho to end with a tap out. I just can't imagine it. But as Red Moon Survivor says, Jericho never afraid to put a young guy over. Um, absolutely true. Um, I thought it was one of MJF's best matches. I think MJF is definitely someone who's underrated in the ring, and that's just from how good it is. So it was enjoyable. I think it was ranked. If you take the five labors together, um, it was one of the higher-ranked ones. i probably put the um, Nick Gage one as my third just because so different. And Jericho was so up for it. That that was really cool. But this I'd probably put second. Um, Hale Hydra, I was genuinely surprised, but if Jericho is going off in turn, maybe they have one last match when he returns and puts his career on the line. I think that's going to happen at All Out. I think both him and MJF need a match for All Out. There ain't enough time to build up another storyline. So I think we're getting MJF and Jericho there. Um, But I do think that Jericho will take a little bit of time off soon um, from in-ring stuff, at least, to do the Fossey Tour. But he can still, of course, been doing his um, commentary on Rampage, Wasabi King. That's something most people will need to remember. Jericho has made so many wrestlers credible in the last two years. He absolutely has. Um... Matthew says, Steph, off topic from this before we get into Rampage, if there's a swerve with Christian Moon taken out, who do you can If you do a swerve, the only acceptable answer to that is CM Punk. But on that note, Matthew, we are just five minutes away doing so. I do have to wrap this up. Before I wrap this up, I will tell you what's on Rampage tonight. It will be Jade Cargill versus Kira Hogan. And it will be John Moxley um, versus Daniel Garcia. And it will be a big surprise. It will be a debut. It will be a night that we will never, ever forget. So I'm really sorry, guys, that I had to rush the end of this. Um, But you can just the channel to Wrestling Daily and you can see me for another hour if you're curious enough that you want to watch two hours of stuff you can do this um, but I want to say as I said at the start of this when I was trying to gather my thoughts and like fully can't get into and comprehend what's going on in the wrestling world as far as it relates to AEW I do appreciate every single one of you who has joined me every week these names that i see over and over again i don't want to name any of you personally because i either say no one or i say everyone and you guys that i'm thinking of right now you know exactly who you are thank you so much for always coming here every week to talk about aw thank you so much for supporting me enjoy rampage tonight This is the night that was made for us. Enjoy it so much. I've been calling it St. Punkmas because it does feel like Christmas. This is big. This is everything. We are on this train. It's just left station. It's going as fast as possible. And everything's going to change after this. So thank you all so much. And I will see you next week or in four minutes if you want to watch Rhapsody feeling, like but goodbye.